So um, we're sitting together the day after Halloween and talking and sitting with the experience of being together in the darkness of the unknown. The darkness of not knowing what will come. And just the darkness of this time of year. And being in the midst of this unprecedented time. And I recall that in the ancient story of the Buddha, he sat and kept watch during the night. Just like soldiers would keep watch. And during the phases of the night, during each successive watch, he sank deeper and deeper into his experience. So as you're sitting, I invite you to just sit and relax for a moment. Just as you listen, let a little bit of sensation come back to you feeling. And by little bit, I mean, don't push, don't force, don't strive. Just allow, just let your experience be present as it wishes to be before we sit. And imagine what it was like to be sitting alone in a forest, not knowing what would come. No idea if anything would come. Just sitting there with a calm and quiet determination to look within, not to seek answers and reassurance from outside, but to look at what was here, what might possibly lead to a feeling of opening or stability or stillness or reassurance. It barely had a word. So the first thing that happened, of course, is that he began to see his past lives. And we can't know the vastness of his vision, but we can know those nights of our own when we thought of times past. Has anyone had that experience? It just wells up. And what's uncanny is that sometimes, not often at night, but when we smell a certain scent or hear a fragment of a song or some other sensory input, sometimes a whole scene from our past can come back to us. Have you had that experience? And it seems quite uncanny. 
Douglas, who is recording this, reminded me, as my daughter did once, that there was a Pixar film called Ratatouille about um, a rat who was a wonderful, talented chef. And at the end of the film, this jaded restaurant critic comes into the restaurant. And of course, the rat wasn't known. He had a front person who, anyway, his, his creation, which was a simple ratatouille, was presented to this jaded, snobbish restaurant critic. And the critic ate a bite of this ratatouille and was transported back to childhood. Just completely transported. Douglas even sent me the little clip of where, but you can look at it on YouTube. Am I just being silly? No. Um, when we have those moments of deep remembering, the first thing we think is how wondrous, how marvelous it is that we have this capacity. We're more than thinking that somehow all of these experiences live on in us, coiled in our muscles or ourselves, waiting to be triggered and spring to life. And that's remembering the past. But as the Buddha said, and as we said, he began to discern something beneath that marvelous capacity for recollection to be recollected, he began to discern a pattern, a working of karma, that actions have consequences. And then as the night went on, he saw deeper still. Beneath everything that happens to us, there is a capacity for presence. There is in us a stillness, a seeing that appears in moments when we are not arguing and judging and fixing. When our seeing isn't busy trying to make us a perfected human being. And when we simply, I wanted to read a quote that somebody else sent me from Thomas Merton, who after decades in the monastery, decades, came to the conclusion that life itself is imperfect. And as long as we are on earth, our true vocation is precisely to be imperfect, incomplete, insufficient, changing, hapless, destitute, and weak. 
isn't that a relief? Because the punchline is that we he stopped seeking perfection in himself and started seeing that the perfection was in the seeing. This capacity in us to be present, to be received, to be seen. At moments, we've all tasted this. It could be in the wake of tears, that calmness that comes when you feel like, here I am. Here I am. That oneness appears, a capacity to hold ourselves in the light of an awareness that doesn't judge. And I say this quite a lot, but I encourage you to see that it's in you and that this is the way to freedom. It's really possible. It's right here. And it happens in a moment when you allow yourself to be seen, to be completely present without judging. So that suddenly you're good and bad together. And you know, I say good and bad and whatever your current opinion is that instead, just for one glorious moment, instead of living your life like, oh, if only I didn't do that, if only that hadn't blurted out of me, everything was going so well until I did that or said that or lost my temper. And instead of being on that treadmill for just a moment, you're the whole thing. And the final thing, I'll read just a few lines from Rumi. He says, out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and right doing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. And it goes on to say that when he lies down in that grass, life is too full to talk about. And I just invite you to see right now, right in that thick of uncertainty, that there's a capacity in you to open to your experience in just this way, to touch presence. And to find in yourself a capacity to be free, to be free of the suffering, of always needing to know. So let's sit right now and take a comfortable seat. Very important to 
to give yourself permission to be comfortable, to be with your experience. And now just let your eyes close. Notice how it feels to be here. And let your attention have the lightest touch. And let it be allowing, allowing. Let it sink from head to feet. Notice that it can find its own way. see that when you start thinking and picturing, you can gently come back again to the sensation of being present in a body, breathing. Notice how it feels to be completely acceptable, completely acceptable. No part, no thought, no impulse, no feeling to be rejected.
And notice as you relax, as you come home to sensation, you also open. You begin to remember the vibrancy inside the body. Notice that there's a light of attention inside that isn't thinking. It's seeing. When you get lost in thinking, just come home to the body, to the rhythm of the breath, to the feeling of the feet on the floor, or the seat on the cushion.
And notice the stillness that appears when you give up striving. And just sink into sensation. Noticing that there's a presence inside and outside that we share.
notice that this stillness isn't an absence, it's something that holds us. That's with us. Notice that there's an energy in this presence that's very sensitive, very fine.
allowing yourself to know that you belong here just like this. Notice that stillness opens us, opens us inward.
can see that there's a light inside you. That you can always come home to. By coming home to sensation. So thank you for that beautiful stillness. And if you have questions or comments about this practice, I'd really like to hear them. We all would. It, it feels so counterintuitive, um, the practice, that usually when in the face of great uncertainty, which we're all living through, there's a tendency to reach outward, up and out. And the practice invites us to drop down into our hearts, our body minds into our sensation, to take refuge, sinking down, and to find presence sinking down and opening up. Yes, Tracy, I think this was the first time I was able to actually to the, the, the real sensation and the sinking down and not the striving and the recreating oneself during COVID and in the fear of the upcoming election, but just, just this was it, just succumbing to, and you kept saying sensation, sensation, and I don't know that I've ever really paid attention 
to that, that deeply before in any meditation class that just the sensation of breathing or whatever one feels in the body at that moment yeah. really be, this was probably the most effective uh, sitting I've had in a long time yeah that's um, what yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. It's um it's it's kind of like it takes extreme times. Um there was a famous quote from I think it was Ben Johnson who said when a man knows he's gonna be hung in a fortnight, it concentrates the mind wonderfully well. Uh, that when when things are it's a good one that when things are really intense we sometimes hear something that can seem kind of optional and such a simple instruction come back to sensation and and but as you found there's something about giving up giving up the striving, giving up the endless battle to fix or improve or to know, especially in moments when we can't know. And then we drop down and something opens. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I, I actually had a very similar experience too and it happened a couple of weeks ago when you said that just feel that, you know, there's no hope for tomorrow and no hope for yesterday. There's just nothing left. And first I was really like, Whoa, this is really, this is really hard. <laughs> Not sure if I can do that. But then there was this like, almost like a relief. Yeah. And just a calm, still, you know, sinking and how you always said, like this groundlessness. Mm -hmm. And it was really, really powerful, like that no hope thought. Who would have ever thought, you know, that yeah. no hope would be so warm and, I don't know, just really a big relief in a way. So yeah. just wanted to share that. Yeah, thank you. And for those who weren't here, it, you know, it sounds really bleak. It sounds like the bleakest teacher in the world. I was saying, abandon all hope, you know, just like, you know, I think it was like over the gates to hell or something. And what we're talking about is seeing the mind's endless attachment to something from outside, including that endless project of perfecting ourselves. Oh. And, um, and instead, to just abandon all hope, to give up all hope, and all hope of a better past, and all hope of the future that things will be fixed or sorted or and what would it feel like to just sink and it's not an instruction to despair but to just leave your head 
to leave your thinking, to leave your chronically siding with yourself or the good self over the, as opposed to the bad self. And, and to, uh, to just let yourself be present with what is. Just present. And not in a small sense, but opening to the unknown. The unknown in you. Because you've tasted at moments, even now, for one moment, how amazing you are. How amazing. Because just when you've written yourself off or given yourself a good strict program for fixing yourself, and when in a moment of letting go, giving up, sinking down, you can discover this glorious presence that's already here, waiting for you. And just let yourself be touched just for a moment with the truth that you're already loved by this awareness. You don't have to do anything but receive it. To let yourself feel that vibration or that energy, however you perceive it. And then to know again that there's a source of life in you that doesn't depend on how things are going out there. And it's something we share. And the curious thing about it is that it's more vivid. The tougher things are outside. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but very few people come to practice because things are going so well. Have you noticed? Like, everything is so effortless and fabulous. I just thought I would also establish a meditation practice. It doesn't happen that way. It happens because we're suffering and we seek something. Let's sit. And just take a breath. And just notice how good it feels to come home to sensation. To the light 
of presence. And placing two hands together in our heart space, we dedicate our practice to the benefit, the welfare, the happiness, and the freedom of all beings everywhere, without exception. May all beings everywhere be safe and protected from harm and danger. May all beings everywhere be at ease and know they belong here. They're wanted. And may all beings everywhere be free. Thank you. Thank you for your practice. Courage, which comes from a French word for heart. Have heart. Drop into your heart. Drop into your body.